sun summoners, lovable criminals, heart renders, and much more coming up on this episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast that celebrates strong and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 65. Is that the theme I hear? Welcome back to the show, or welcome to the show for the first time. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host, and I cannot wait to adventure through the Grishaverse with you today. Let's start, though, with a bit of nerdy news and a word from our sponsor. News. Octavia Butler's beloved sci-fi time travel novel, Kindred, is on my list of top 20 novels everyone should read. And I was so excited to see that FX has optioned a TV series based on the award-winning novel. The showrunner attached to the project is Brandon Jacobs Jenkins. You might know him from The Watchmen. Uh, No word on when it will hit our screens, but I cannot wait. I'll leave a link to the Sci-Fi Wire article in the show notes and in our Discord server. While I was home for Christmas, I started seeing extremely vague and intriguing teasers for a new CW DC Universe series called Naomi. I haven't had a chance to watch the pilot yet, nor am I familiar with the comic book novel series, but I wanted to keep an open mind about it. I've become a little bit overwhelmed with other DC shows on CW, dropping only to watching Legends of Tomorrow and still trying to get caught up on that too, but this one looks promising to me. According to the show's official description, Naomi follows a teen girl's journey from her small northwestern town to the heights of the multiverse. When a supernatural event shakes her hometown to the core, Naomi sets out to uncover its origins, and what she discovers will challenge everything we believe about heroes. I'll leave a link to the DC Comics blog post all about it in the show notes or on the Discord server too. Lastly, you have now heard me mention the Discord server a couple of times, and I would love to see you all over there discussing the geeky and nerdy things we love. I'm working hard on some cool things behind the scenes, and being a part of our Discord server will certainly help you to stay in the know. We're also on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook if you're more of a traditional social media kind of person. You can find us at Lasers Lockets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'll leave the Discord invite link in the show notes if you'd like to join. All right, let's just dive into the topic for tonight. I just finished watching season one of Shadow and Bone. I know, I know, I finally did it. But I also recently finished reading what became one of my favorite fantasy novels of all time, Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. So I figured we could discuss the Grishaverse tonight, not just Shadow and Bone, but also Six of Crows. There are so many intriguing characters, and surprisingly, or perhaps not surprisingly, Alina Starkov was not my favorite character in the Grishaverse. Even on the show she was basically supposed to be the prominent character in, I did not love her as much as I probably should have. Maybe in a rewatch I might love her a little bit more, but we'll get into that just a little bit later here. The Grishaverse is a fictional world created by Lee Bardugo, a California-born, Yale-educated author, according to her website, of the critically acclaimed dark academia book Ninth House. The world of the Grishaverse is immersive and enthralling. 
I think the thing that fascinated me the most about it was that it's a mixture of magic-y science and science-y magic, and it just sucked me right in. If you're a bookworm like me and you really want to immerse yourself in the world, but you're not quite sure where to start with the Grishaverse, there are actually a couple of schools of thought on that, which I verified with their official website. The first school of thought is that you can begin at the very beginning with the Shadow and Bone trilogy, where you meet Alina Starkov and you go through getting acquainted with the Grishaverse. I admittedly, though, went the other direction and started with Six of Crows duology and dove into a couple of years after the events of Shadow and Bone ended. But I was never lost, and I was thoroughly entertained from start to finish. Some people even say that Six of Crows is the far superior series to the Shadow and Bone series. And a lot of other people say, from what I'm seeing online, that the Shadow and Bone TV series is better than the trilogy itself written. Uh, So I, I don't know what I believe about that. I am going to read the Shadow and Bone trilogy just to make sure that I really understand those characters. But Six of Crows is phenomenal. It's flat out fantastic writing. It explores everything from moral decisions and amoral decisions, racism, violence against women, and so much more. It also is about an impossible heist, and it kept me gripped from start to finish. I think I read the last 100 pages in a single night because I could not put the book down. I was incredibly hesitant to dive into the Shadow and Bone TV series, because I had a very specific image of what my crows would look like, and when I found out that they would play a prominent role in this series, I was so scared. Knowing that Lee Bardugo was one of the executive producers, I believe, on the series helped ease me into it, and I was pleasantly surprised. It didn't grip me right from the beginning, but it really grew on me, and by the end I was like, yeah, all right, all right, can't wait to see what happens next with that. All right, so... I think this evening I would like to dive into just, there are so many characters we could discuss, but I think I want to discuss just three of them. I want to discuss Inej, Nina, and Alina Starkov. So we'll, we'll discuss those three tonight, but like I said, there are so many other characters in the Grishaverse that you will fall in love with, and so these are just the ones that I love, but I know there are so many more, and I hope that we get to discuss that a little bit more on the Discord server or on Twitter or wherever you want to discuss it. But uh, let's see. I think let's dive in with Inej first. Um, she was, she's one of my favorite characters. So Inej is no, also known as the Wraith, and by the way, all of these characters... I think even Alina are considered teenagers, so they range between 16 and 18 years old. I think Alina was still 17 in the in the events that occurred in the TV series. But Inej is 16 years old, and she is Suli. So my first exposure to Inej was in Six of Crows, and we learn in Six of Crows that she was kidnapped by slavers as a younger a teenager, and then she was sold to a brothel before Kaz rescued her, basically, or bought her from her indenture. Inej is extremely agile and light-footed. Her family were a series of traveling performers, and she often worked on the tightrope uh, up in the air, did aerials, and so she has the nickname of the Wraith because she can get places unseen and unheard. 
her favorite weapons, which you see in the Shadow and Bone TV series, but you also see extensively in the Six of Crows duology, are her knives, and she names them after Suli Saints. She is, I believe, the most religious of the crows, and she quotes a lot of Suli proverbs, but also just life advice, really, um, which is, I, I think, a really fascinating dichotomy between her and then Kaz Brecker, who is this just lawless, really, yeah, anyway, Kaz is such a fascinating character, too, uh, in that book series, but we're, we're not talking about him tonight. But I do think that her relationship with Kaz is incredibly fascinating, because he rescued her, essentially, from the brothel, but he doesn't lord that over her head. She's free to come and go as she pleases with him, and once she pulls off the heist in Six of Crows, she would be free to leave and do as she pleases after that. I believe Kaz loves her in his own way, and Inej really feels something for him too. There's this fierce protectiveness between each of them, which we see in episode 5 or 6 of Shadow and Bone. I think it was probably 5, but uh, you also see it quite a bit in Six of Crows. They're just fiercely protective of each other. The only time that you will see her resort to violence is in protection of Kaz or Nina or one of the team that she loves a lot. One of the things that I love about Inej, like I mentioned, is that she does not desire to kill anyone unless it's absolutely necessary. She is morally unwavering, which is interesting for somebody who is part of a criminal empire. But uh, I found her heart to be clever and warm and one of the more compassionate characters in The Crows. She sort of, by nature of Kaz's feelings for her, acts as a softener to his hard, really cold heart. And I think it's just this lovely relationship that they have, sort of a symbiosis in a way, a very unique symbiosis, but one, uh, one nonetheless. Inej is also more reserved. Uh, she's somebody who is going to watch everything that's going on, but she may not always say something unless it's necessary. But I do love that she's unafraid to speak her mind and speak out against Kaz, even if she feels that it is important, which is a wonderful thing. All right, let's move along to Nina. Nina is one of my favorite characters in the Six of Crows duology. So Nina is 17 years old, and she is a Grisha heart render and a former spy for the Ravkin Second Army. So in Six of Crows and also in Shadow and Bone, you learn a lot more about Ravka, and that's kind of where it's set, is in Ravka, and uh, you're dealing with that portion of the Grishaverse. The cool thing, though, is that in the TV series, you do get to see um, Ketterdam, which is largely where Six of Crows begins, uh, and then it kind of expands out to the Ice Court and, and various other places, but uh, that one is more set in Ketterdam, uh, which I can only describe, I mean, you guys saw sort of a interpretation of it in the TV series, but I, I kind of think of it as sort of like a Victorian slum sort of uh, place. But uh, yeah, anyway, super cool to see it in the, you know, come to life in the TV series as well. So like I mentioned, Nina is definitely one of my favorite characters. She's no damsel in distress by any stretch of the imagination. She, unlike Anej, is very bold and outspoken. 
As a Grisha, she has in, uh, faced intense danger, as there are some who absolutely hate and mistrust the Grisha, kind of like Elena Starkov did initially. And uh, her country has always come first to her as a Ravkin, and she loves Ravka so much, and she wants to go back and to, to help her countrymen as well. Nina is a heart render, as I mentioned, and a heart render has the ability to control another person's internal organs, basically. Uh, they can control another person's heart to calm them down or embolden them. They can crush somebody's heart with just, you know, looking at them, which is fascinating. But not just that, uh, they can also do things like steal someone's breath or cause a heart attack. Uh, they can also influence emotions. And Nina has to be inside of somebody, though. Like, she has to be able to see somebody in order to use her powers. And like all Grisha, or most Grisha, I should say, uh, she has to have free use of her hands in order to use her powers. Heartrenders like Nina are also capable of healing powers, which we see in Six of Crows, along with a host of other powers, especially if they take this really dangerously addictive and life-altering drug called Jirtaparam, uh, which that is discussed a lot more in Six of Crows, if you'd like to, to take a look in that. But uh, in Six of Crows, the scenes that Nina and Inej worked together were always my favorite. I felt like I was watching these two totally badass women doing epic things and not needing a man to help them at all. It was really fun and liberating to read. Their close bond was really a comforting hug to read about. The depth of these two characters is powerful because I believe that they both see each other's happiness and futures as important. And they aren't just using each other to get by, which is a common thing in that criminal world. There's always what can you do for me kind of a, a mentality there. But Inej and Nina really care about each other genuinely. And it's just such a wonderful thing to read about these two female characters that are just, just genuinely care about each other, genuinely love each other. Um, and yeah, I just, it's one of my favorite relationships in the whole series. Nina's backstory is discussed at length in Six of Crows and maybe a little bit in Shadow and Bone. Uh, I haven't read the trilogy yet. I just know that maybe she gets mentioned there. And I, I don't want to majorly spoil anything for you, but suffice it to say that she's clever, but she does something she regrets immensely. And she spends the next several years after Kaz recruits her from the House of the White Rose by the way, she did not work as a lady of the night uh, at the at the White Rose, but rather she used her heart-rending services to calm anxieties, alter moods, and do some minor tailoring for patrons. And tailoring is one of those really cool things in the Grishaverse where you can like alter the way that a person looks. Uh, you can put makeup on them and, and all kinds of stuff like that. Again, you see it in the TV series come to life, but in reading it in the Six of Crows duology, it's just such a fascinating thing. And uh, it's one of my favorite aspects of the Grishaverse and of the magic system in the Grishaverse as well. Okay, so let's chat about Alina Starkov now. She's kind of the, the penultimate character of Shadow and Bone. So let's let's dive into her here. So Alina is a sun summoner, 
and she's 17 years old uh, at the beginning of the Shadow and Bone series, so I'm guessing she's somewhere around that in the TV series. She might be a little bit older, who knows? But uh, Alina, like Nina, was an orphan, and she grew up in an orphanage with her best friend, Mal. And they did everything together. (laughs) Alina was always afraid of being Grisha and had a deep mistrust of them. In the TV series, it's revealed that she's part shoe, and so she encountered widespread prejudice because of that as well. In the books, I am unsure if she specifies, specifies her race in them. But from the artwork I've seen, I've seen everything from her having white hair to having her depicted just like she is in the TV series. So I'm not too sure. I'm assuming that she is Shu because that's what, you know, Lee Bardugo is one of the executive producers. So she'd want to make sure that her characters are uh, kept with integrity. Alina suspected she might be Grusha, which was interesting as a child, and you discover that she cut her hand during the test to skew the results so they didn't uh, show that she was Grecian. In the first episode of the TV series, we see her powers manifested when she's inside the fold and Mal is severely injured by a Volcra. And I find this a very interesting parallel to uh, Inej and Kaz Brecker because they're both fiercely protective of each other in these in these friendships, which I, or even possibly relationships, you know, uh, which I, I really enjoyed that, that parallel between the two sets of characters. Alina basically has the power to control sunlight. That's what a sun summoner is. And she can call it into existence and she can snuff it out just as easily. Her power is considered rare and it makes her basically the savior of the Grishaverse. I had a really hard time with the TV character of Alina at the beginning because I found her to be quite whiny. Um, But I I don't know, she did grow on me as the series went on. And I think the thing I had to really get through my brain is that Alina is young. She's a teenager and she's dealing with all kinds of unknown things like suddenly finding out she was Grisha and being ripped from the closest person, Mal, uh, and leaving the world that she knew for one that's totally uncertain and kind of being kidnapped, if you will, by the general. Uh, but she is brave in spite of all of that, which I had to, to try to remember. It, it made her character a lot more under, understandable when I remembered that. Alina, like many of the Grishaverse characters, is very headstrong. Perhaps a little too headstrong sometimes, sometimes to her detriment, but her unwillingness to be controlled by anyone really makes me like her all the much more, and by the end of the the season one again, I was like, whoa, yeah. Uh, So after watching the TV series, I do want to read the Shadow and Bone trilogy so that I can really fall in love with her character more, and I think that is really the key thing, right? If the TV series makes you want to read the books or the books makes you want to see the TV series, I think they've done their job beautifully. Like I mentioned, there are many other awesome female characters in the Grishaverse, but these three are the ones I really wanted to dive into as they appeared in Six of Crows and Shadow of Bone, except for Shadow <laughs> Shadow of Bone, Shadow and Bone, uh, except Nina. But I couldn't leave her out because I just heart her character so much, uh, so I had to include that. If you want to get lost in a rich, rich world, the Grishaverse is most certainly for you. Read the books, watch the Shadow and Bone TV series, read the Six of Crows duology, whatever you might want to do. I don't think you'll be disappointed. 
If you're not sure you want to dive in into a whole trilogy of books like I did, uh, the Six of Crows duology is a great place to start. It gives you a perfect taste of the world and the magic system, but you're not going to be lost in it, and it's really a, a fast read. It'll just make you love those characters in the Grishaverse and the world of the Grishaverse too, and you'll want to explore it further. If you haven't already watched the first season of Shadow and Bone, you can find it on Netflix. All the episodes streaming. That brings us to the episode question. Now, I thought about this question carefully because after reading Six of Crows, I kept thinking about what type of Grisha I would want to be, what order of Grisha I would want to belong to. Would you want to be corporal key like Nina, a heart render or a tailor or a healer, ethereal kai? I honestly don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's ethereal kai or ethereal key. I'm not sure. Uh, you can do things with the elements. You could be a material kai or material key. Uh, a fabricator who deals with things like Grecian metals and fabrics to make incredibly strong armor, or alchemists that use poisons and potions. I find the material key and the corporal key uh, to be incredibly fascinating. I cannot wait to hear your answers, though. I, I know that there are some of you out there that would want to be maybe an, an elementalist or one of those things. You can tweet your answers to us with the hashtag LasersLockets, or answer our question in our question of the episode channel on our Discord server. The link will be in the show notes for that. Show notes? Show notes for that. In addition to that, uh, if you are listening on Spotify, you can answer the question directly from Spotify on the podcast episode. And uh, that'll be it for this episode of Lasers and Lockets. We'll catch you back here in a couple of weeks. Until then, do not anger your local heart render if you want to stay alive. Watch out for the crows. And don't forget to tip your local Material K fabricators. They just might save your life one day. Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right. <laughs>